Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. Today, I'm going to talk about an article um, that I've recently read, and it kind of goes along with a similar theme of articles about retirees, specifically the baby boomers uh, that are retiring. And the common theme is, is that these individuals or these families, husband and wife, that are in that low seven-figure net worth, so between one to three million dollars. And this is through not just the articles that I'm reading that I find to be uh, quite an eye-opener. It's not surprising. I'm going to discuss it here. But also through personal experience of working with clientele at that lower seven-figure uh, net worth. So the most recent article, I forgot which magazine it was, which financial magazine, uh, but they were interviewing baby boomers, and I think it was like three or four baby boomers, and some of them were married and some of them were divorced or widowed, and they were between the net worth of a million to right around $3 million. I think one individual was worth a million dollars, another one's worth like 1.8, another one's worth like a little over 2 million, but the main thing is, what, what really stood out in these articles is that they did a fantastic job. So here we have smart baby boomers. So these are individuals in their late 50s, early 60s that were smart enough to set some money aside in savings. They maxed out their 401k or, and or their IRAs. Uh, they were also... Uh, purchased a home and tried to have as little debt as possible. But the common theme is they were savers. Uh, they had a small seven figure net worth, mostly in equities. So all of them got hit extremely hard over this bear market. And obviously, none of them are in crypto, it's all in equities. And the third thing is they all have some sort of monthly income whether it's a combination of a pension and or social security. And the other common thing, which is kind of surprising to me, they all have remaining debt of their house and their cars. So here's what really stood out to me. You would think that someone that has a net worth between, let's just say, two, even $3 million, there's one woman, and I think she's widowed. Uh, it didn't say either or. But she was worth like $1.8 million. And in that $1.8 million, majority of her money is in equities. So at one time, it was worth a little over $2 million. But obviously, because of the bear market, it's down to about one point eight. And what's really surprising is, is that she still has a mortgage. So she still has a mortgage, a large mortgage. She still has car payments. She has uh, some other debt, but she also has a large monthly income. So from her pension, from her corporate days of wherever she worked at, combination with her, uh, with her social security, and then also income from her investments take a wild guess what was her monthly debt so her monthly expenses 
It's just shocking to me. And the other shocking thing too was, here's a woman that was worth at one time over $2 million. And you would think someone like that, especially when you're young and planning your life, you know, with your husband or your wife or your partner, and you're planning on having this nest egg, you know, of, of a seven-figure nest egg. So I'm assuming that when she was young with her husband planning these things out, they were expecting we're going to have millions we're going to live in a mansion. We're going to have live a life of luxury. But lo and behold, when you look at when an article talks about, you know, her her day to day life, it's not like she's living in a five thousand square foot new home. It's not like she's driving a Mercedes. She actually drives a Toyota or a Honda, something like that. It's not like she has um, a living maid. That's cooks and cleans and does everything for her or has a driver. It's not like she has daily or let's just say uh, a life of luxury of being or having a convenience of going out to eat all the time or uh, going to the spas on a regular basis. No. What the article stated is here's a woman that's worth $1.8 million today is cutting back. It's shocking. And she says she has to. Just like the common theme of all the profiles in this article and the common theme that when I'm talking to people that are worth less than $5 million and I still owe you this episode, which I'm still going to do, which is quite shocking. And the, and the episode title is going to be is, you know, people that are worth five million, five million or less, what they're telling me is, I don't feel rich. An article didn't say that is, but to me, when I'm reading this article, that's what it's telling me. Here are these people that did everything right. They saved. They put their money away into retirement funds. They weren't extravagant spenders. They did everything right. And it still wasn't enough. That here they are in their retirement. The time that they're supposed to be rewarded for 50 to 60 years, or probably not, more like 40 to 50 years maybe of hard work, they should be rewarded during the golden ages, having a kickback life enjoying the spoils of life, living a life of luxury, having things that they saved up for that now they can really take advantage of. No, instead they have to cut back. And it's not just these individuals. It's individuals that are contacting me. It's you, some of you that are listening to us right now in that age demographic. There are also articles that I've read in the last many years of individuals saying the same exact thing. I'm worth 1.5 million. I'm worth 2.5 million. I'm worth 3 million, but I don't feel rich. I still don't feel like it's enough money to live the lifestyle that I want. That's sad. That's sad. 
You know, the media, it has a very interesting way of obviously, you know, you can't blame the, the magazine or the website because they have, they contract out to thousands of reporters that are selling stories or contractors and they have editors like most recently. And, and I'll probably do a separate podcast about that. I kind of talked about this briefly is here's this absolutely asinine asinine video spotlight with an article done by a major business outlet of this knucklehead that is boasting of living a life of luxury for $8,000 a month. I have friends that are tagging me on this article and saying, can you bleed this freaking, can you bleed this idiot? When you look at the responses to this article, these are responses from people that live here in Thailand saying, this guy's an effing idiot. This guy's a freaking moron. He's spending $8,000 a month and he's not living what we call a life of luxury here. He's living a middle-class lifestyle, maybe an upper middle-class lifestyle, and he's paying $8,000 a month. This knucklehead is a type of person that if McDonald's came out with a Wagyu truffle burger that cost, that was, had like maybe some gold flakes on it and was selling for $1,000, he would be the guy that would go to McDonald's and buy that and brag about it. It's like buying a freaking Yugo and, and slapping a, a Ferrari decal on it and saying you have a Ferrari. It's the most pathetic and the most asinine article and video I've ever seen is this picture. This, this guy's like a millennial and here's all with his arms crossed and there's a profile of him and then there's a company video. And I'm like, like me and like every other expat here in Thailand, like watching this idiot. First of all, he lives in a one bedroom apartment that's fully furnished that he's paying way over pr price for. doesn't even have a car. He takes the BTS. He does all the stuff that an average expat that is spending a thousand or two thousand dollars a month, same exact lifestyle. It's just the most asinine article. But then when I also read these articles of baby boomers that they're profiling saying, oh yeah, that's you know, they they've saved up this much money. It does it shouldn't make anyone at them at that demographic feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. How many of you out there are in the same boat. You've done everything right. You saved up a nice nest egg and you sacrificed saving up million, two million, three million, four million, five million dollars. And you still want to be able to live in California, in New York, in Southern Florida, in Austin, Texas, Vancouver, Canada, Sydney, Australia, Auckland, New Zealand, London, England, but you can't because those states, those cities have priced you out. So instead, what are you left with? You got to go move to some other state, some of the city you don't want. So don't be that person. Don't be that person that is reading about it and then you're just going to say, okay, I'm just going to accept it. I urge you to be proactive. And that's 
what the heart of this episode is about. I want to motivate you. I want you to be angry. I want you to be proactive. I don't want to be angry, I guess. I want you to be disappointed with your environment so much that it's time for you to go. Because going back to just the two main profiles that really, uh, really resonated and jumped out at me is the woman, the older lady, that has $1.8 million and she has a sizable monthly income. If she were to sell everything right now and to come here in Thailand, she could literally have the house of her dreams that she's always dreamed about. She could have a living maid and as she, get, as she got older and older, if she needed actually uh, a live-in nurse or a nurse that came on a regular basis, she could also afford that. She can also afford the best healthcare and the best private hospitals here in Thailand. She can have a driver. She wouldn't have to cook a meal in her life. She could be pampered until the very last breath. And then the other individual. And, and this is, folks... This is just tapping in to maybe just a million dollars of that $1.8 million while leaving, leaving $800,000 still in her investments, but just utilizing her monthly income from her pension Social Security. Because remember that your living expenses here depending on what part of the world, what city you live in, goes as far as one-tenth of the cost. The average is about one-fifth of the cost. But if you're coming from a place like Southern California or just California, New York, or Sydney, Melbourne, Switzerland, more like one-tenth of the cost. And she could be living the best life ever. If you're wondering is, okay, if I'm at that age, who am I going to meet? I don't speak Thai. It's not like you're going to be living in a Thai neighborhood, folks. Remember that. You're going to be living in what we call high-so neighborhoods in affluent parts of Bangkok or a combination of Bangkok and a city like Hua Hin where you're going to meet other English-speaking expats like yourself that are like-minded. You're going to meet a lot of people, and it's easier to meet people here, a lot of great people. And then the other individual, the gentleman, he was worth about a million dollars and also had a big, huge pension along with his Social Security. Someone like him could buy one home, the same equivalent house that he has in the States would probably only cost about two to $250,000. Here, he could upgrade for $300,000 and still keep $700,000 in equities, in his investments, $300,000 will buy the same equivalent of a home that's between five hundred dollars to $750,000 in the States. 
or other Western countries. And then just his massive monthly income that he's already getting from Social Security and his pension, that alone, it would be like him having the income of making $30,000 to $40,000 in the States. He would have so much left over every month he wouldn't know what to do with. Because folks, utilities here are a fraction. Our water bill at our house, less than $5 a month. Our electricity bill, around $30 a month. And we have most of our ACs cranking 24-7. And just to recap again, my, our internet and our TV with a few English-speaking channels. Most of the time, we're just streaming. And this also includes my cell phone. My wife has her own. My cell phone plan is only $30 a month. And again, that's my cell phone with data. I think, you get like, I, think I have like eight gigs a month, which I never use all of it. High-speed internet, cable TV. Jesus, my streaming services cost more, more than my utilities. That guy could have a killer life here. And also, if someone like him that was divorced or is widowed and is looking for another life partner or companion, they're there's a lot of opportunities here. Justin, again, please refer back. If you are male or female and you're looking for companionship here, please refer back to Isan, to my episode about Isan. Because you do not want to fall victim to some of these Isan women and men because they are not quality. The majority of them are just scamming you. I'm not saying all of them, but what do most foreign guys do when they come to Thailand that are single? They meet these, they meet these Isan girls that work in a bar, and all of a sudden these girls that, they, that are half their age, that could never, would never approach them in their home country, now they're popular. Well, if you want to know more about it, refer back to the episode about Isan, don't get scammed because you will get scammed. But here in Bangkok and some of these beach cities like Hua Hin, you're going to meet quality people. You're going to meet people that are college educated. You're going to meet other expats that are like mind. There's a whole another world out here for you. But don't be, don't be that idiot that comes to Thailand that thinks that spending $8,000 a month while living in a rented one-bedroom condo is the life of luxury. No, it's not. That's an absolute joke. Instead, be the expat that comes here. Let's use, and again, another example, $3 million. $3 million, a husband and wife that's living in California, they know that they're going to have to cut back because they're 
house payment because most likely they didn't pay off their home. So they still have a house payment. That house, let's just say in Irvine, California, is now worth maybe a million and a half. And it's just a simple 2,800 square foot, maybe two bedroom or three, maybe three bedrooms in a den, two story home. That same exact house here is $300,000. Gated community, better security, well manicured security or well manicured community, privacy in a location that's still close to all the shopping. A person with $3 million, they know sooner or later they're gonna to have to start tapping into that. Or instead, that same exact couple, that's say, let's say 58 years old, that's ready to retire. They could come here, upgrade from the house they have in Irvine to a larger home for a half a million dollars, and this half a million dollar home would be the equivalent of a two million dollar home in Irvine. This would be, when you get to a half a million dollars, especially in single family detached homes here, you're getting to what's called high so neighborhoods, high society, affluent neighborhoods. And these type of homes are large, and they're not the type of master plan communities that you're used to, like in the States where there are hundreds to thousands of other homes. No, these communities are maybe 50 homes, 100 homes, maybe a couple hundred homes, that's it. When you're getting closer to like a million, the communities are even smaller. For an example, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the brownstones that they're building here in Bangkok. For those of you that aren't familiar with brownstones because they're very popular, or not popular, but they're dream homes of many, many individuals in the East Coast, especially New York, where a brownstone that's you know between 3,000 to 5,000 square feet can start at five to $10 million, or even higher than that. Well, here, these brownstones, the same equivalent, are starting at a million dollars, and some of these communities only have 10, 20 homes. That's it. So a person with $3 million, half a million dollars, buy your wonderful, wonderful home here in Bangkok. Then the other half a million, which you always dreamed about, living in Irvine, you've always wanted to live, maybe have a condo, because all you can really afford, in Huntington Beach, or Newport Beach, or Dana Point, or Seal Beach, or San Juan Capistrano, or Laguna Beach is way out of your price range. But now, you can afford that. Half a million dollars, you can live in a place like Cha'an Hua Hin, our golf capital here of Thailand. And Hua Hin is what I consider our Newport Beach, California, our Hamptons of Thailand. Half a million dollars, two bedroom, two bath condo on the beach, unobstructed ocean view. If you want something larger, Half a million dollars would buy you a home, a single family detached home between three to five bedrooms, anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 square feet. 
and you're still within 10 to 15 minute drive to the beach. Some of these homes, five minute drive. There's one wonderful home uh, that we found our client, which was a half million dollars. It was well, just a little over half, like 525. It was just past Wahan in a very exclusive beach community. And these aren't like stamped out, all the homes look the same. These are all semi-custom homes. They all look different. Single story, folks. I mean, I'm like you. As I get older, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I want a single family. I want a single story home. I don't want to climb stairs. Actually, I just injured myself about a month ago, or actually a couple of months ago. I felt I, early in the morning, not paying attention, lights weren't on, came downstairs, fell down, tripped and fell, fell down my lower, lower stairs. Just tweaked my back. Uh, I have not been in a gym in, in two months. And uh, now I'm feeling much better after going to chiropractor, which is extremely reasonable here, acupuncture, massage therapy. So now I'm back into it. But that is a danger as you get older, falling downstairs. So this home, four bedrooms, 4,000 square feet. It's actually four bedrooms, a gym, and an office. So actually, it came out to more like six pool, huge Ramada, cover Ramada, another second kitchen, full-on kitchen with barbecue outside, and I'm talking a covered Ramada where you are completely covered from the rain, and it's all outdoor dining and all outdoor entertainment. All in a gated community, five-minute drive to the beach, easily bike there. That was just over half a million dollars. That house now is a little bit more. That was a steal. That was a steal during the pandemic days. That house is probably worth closer to 650, maybe 700. But even at that price, that same equivalent house in Orange County, California, 3 million, easily, 3 million, maybe four. So now back to this couple, $3 million, they could have two homes, an upgraded home from what they live in now in Bangkok with a second home in a beach community, which they never, ever thought they would have. And they're not just selling for just some rinky-dink condo or some little beach shack. They're, they're, they're going to get something, an exclusive neighborhood that's luxury. Now there's $2 million left. For a couple like that, all they really need, roughly about $600,000, $700,000 to maintain an ultra-luxury hot lifestyle. Let's just round up to $700,000. That leaves $1.3 million that they can leave in equities. And all they need to do now is really survive or not survive, but basically their monthly expenses is really going to be paid from their monthly income from their pension and or Social Security. That's $700,000 in cash just for emergency uses. But everyone has different situations. Someone looks like that. 
I wouldn't leave just $700,000 in cash. I would rather them do something else with it, like buy an investment property or something like that. But like I said, is if, if your housing is paid for, your homes, your car, everything is paid for. You have no other debt. To live a luxury lifestyle, all you really need it's about $1,000, $2,000 a month per person. That's really it. You may think I'm, it may sound ridiculous. I'm telling you, that's really it. I know because we do it. So when you read these articles in these finance magazines, especially these personal business finance magazines or personal finance magazines, and they're talking about baby boomers. And, but most of the time, it's depressing because they're cutting back and scaling back, and their life is getting a little bit worse and worse every single year. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, folks. So we have inflation, which is a common term you're seeing now. Now you're seeing and hearing other analysts talking about stagflation and deflation now you're now with powell you know most recently at his at his last speech send a market quaking just how much is he willing to sacrifice the american public to try to attempt to combat inflation which the fed is not doing anything right. You have bankers from JP Morgan, you have the major hedge fund managers to asset managers. They're saying that everything he's doing is wrong. So there is no light at the end of the tunnel. It's only going to get worse and worse. Equity markets can get worse and hit even harder. So if you think your portfolio is down now, wait till maybe the end of this year or maybe even next year. Scenarios earlier this year were, we're going to hit a recession, and this year is going to be bad, and it will start to recover by 2023, next year. Now, that has been wiped out, especially with a recent speech from the Fed, from Powell. Now it's, the hurt is going to be prolonged, while we're seeing more decline in GDP every single quarter, we're gonna see more increased consumer debt. We're seeing layoffs, folks, layoffs left and right in US major, major companies. And then we're going to go into a really bad recession in 2023 and may not recover until 2024. So now it's even further down. Or as I tell most people, you come here to Thailand, you can basically give the Fed a big middle finger. Come here to Thailand, regardless what the market's doing, you're good. You're good. Every single scenario that I gave you, from the individual that has a million dollars in assets to the, to the single uh, lady that has $1.8 million to a couple that has $3 million, and the amount of money I said that they can still remain and have equities in their portfolio with 700,000, 
half a million, 1.5 million, or even you know, 1.2 million, whatever it may be, just using a small part of their assets to buy one or two homes here free and clear in the car and also get their visas. So uh, my clients, also all of them basically get uh, are VIP and it's one of the best visa programs in all the, throughout this planet. The Thai Lee visa by far is one of the best programs out there. It's surprising that more countries do not do something similar. So between twenty to $30,000, you're paying a flat fee and you're going to have a 20-year in-and-out visa with VIP benefits. Everything is done for you. Refer back to one of my prior episodes and more to know more about the Thai Lee visa. So after you paid all this stuff off, you don't have to dip into your cash. I always want my clients to have at least a minimum of $300,000 per individual sitting in cash. That's a, that's a good number that I feel comfortable with. But you, you don't really have to tap into that. That's just for emergency purposes or for other things. For an example, maybe you have a brother or sister. Uh, maybe your parents are still alive and you want to bring someone over here. You can use that money to buy another home for them or for something else. But just for emergencies and or other real estate purchases. But your monthly expenses can be used or paid for with what you're earning now per month from your Social Security or your Social Security and or your pension, 401k, IRA, so forth. That's enough. That's enough. Listen, I, when I first came to Thailand, because what's great is when you're rich and you come here, you, you feel super rich. So when I first came here, because everything was affordable, everything's affordable. And it's so affordable, you could do it every day. So I did get a two-hour massage every single day. I've done that. And let me tell you, that's just too much. <laughs> it's too much for your day. Actually, one time I extended to three hours because I would work out really hard in the morning. And at that time, I was training really hard, actually doing two-a-days. And I was in one of my best shapes in my life. But you could do crazy stuff like that. If you want to get a massage every day, get a massage every day. You could have, like I said, live-in made. They start at three to $500 a month. You could have a driver, around, much less than that, on call. You can go out to bars. You can have table service. You can go out to nightclubs. You can eat out at restaurants every single meal, every single day. And everything's affordable. And I did that. But after a while, it just gets a little too much. So my wife and I, we still do stuff like that. But we pace ourselves. And it's nice having multiple homes. It's nice because we do spend a lot of time in Bangkok, but when the, when the weather is gorgeous, like coming fourth quarter, so when I say that the best time of the year is November, December, January, February, we spend more time at the beach. So right now it's rainy season, so we're about half and half. 
but it's nice to be able to basically, so let's see, right now it's 6.15 p.m. And it's Thursday. If my wife and I wanted, we're like, hey, you know what? Uh, let's, let's go to one of each homes. We don't want to drive. Contact a car service, an SUV, picks us up one way, about 50 bucks. That's it. That's it. Because we have another car over there. It's nice to have those choices. It's nice to have that kind of freedom. And here's another thing, too, for the younger, not so young, but let's just say you're in your 30s and 40s. Just a little bit of suggestions for you. Because now that I'm approaching 50, and I used to be just a hustler, like constantly building a network, building more people, have tons of ideas, have project after project, all these things going. I have the energy for that. But now I don't. Since this pandemic, I've gotten a lot closer to my family, not just my family, but my wife's family. We're all very close. So now things have changed, slowed down. If you haven't listened to my, my prior episodes, I've made changes to my business where it's a lot, we've really downsized. I'm only taking certain clientele. I only take on two to four clients a year now, that's it. Just two to four. They're large clients, but that's it. Two to four clients. I turn down a lot of business, same with my wife. We pick, we get to choose our clients and when we wanna work and who we wanna work with. Because we wanna free up time for our families. Our parents are getting older. We have other family members getting older. So they need our attention. And as a good Asian family, you tend to want to, obligated, but it's not just an obligation, it's because I want to. I love my parents. Love her parents too. So we want to spend more time with them. This last weekend, uh, we took uh, all of my wife's um, dad's family to Ayutthaya, which is the ancient, ancient historical city, probably about an hour and a half from Bangkok. We rented two vans, piled everyone in there, and it was really for her grandfather. He's in his 80s. Spent the whole day there. We want to do more stuff like that, spend more quality time with our family. Then in addition to that is spending more time with ourselves, my wife and I. We take a lot of vacations. Uh, we're going to be heading out to Lom Prabang. And it's a UNESCO heritage site in Laos. We're going to go into Vietnam. So it's being able to have the choices of saying, hey, you know what? Let's just go on vacation. Like, like here's a crazy thing right now. So Air Asia is now doing flights from Bangkok to Sydney, Australia with promotional prices for like, it's, it's like a couple hundred bucks. So obviously we're gonna buy it. I love Australia, I wanna take, take my wife down there. But you have to fly, it's, you buy it now with the flight between December to March of next year. And then we're gonna to go to, we're going to, you know, when Taiwan opens up, we're going to Taiwan, Japan, Korea. 
that's what's important is being able to have time to do that not building more business getting more clients just things have changed so slowing down being able to really enjoy yourself and that's what the most important thing about thailand is that you see with every single expat is they're all slowing down and they're all enjoying themselves so i hope you enjoyed this podcast and for those of you that are new please refer back to some of my prior episodes because none of them really are time sensitive i would say 90% of them even the stuff that i recorded 2 to 3 to 5 10 years ago still apply today so thank you so much for joining me we'll talk to you soon